I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Covenant Living Podcast. We're doing these quite regular now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did the first one, waited too long. Yes, and then... yes. David Weeder, Ryan Weeder, we're here to uh, minister the word to you today on the aspect of considering Jesus. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the ability, the insight, and the revelation to minister the word to your people. We declare and receive the ability to communicate accurately and for the people to hear equally as accurately. Holy Spirit, minister to them everything that you would have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to start off today in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now that word consider means to meditate, think about, contemplate. So we're told right there, to consider Jesus and the anointing. Mm -hmm. Now, you had an interesting revelation, um, oh, here, what, about a month ago or so? A little over a month, yeah. Where the Lord took you into some things about considering Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so I'm going to let you give a little bit of backstory about how it came about and the scriptures that you were reading at the time. Okay. Well, um... For the past two years or so, God's been talking to me about reading Ephesians and just reading it, meditating on it, and things like that. Well, as I was reading through Ephesians, I got to Ephesians 2. I finished reading that, and God got on my heart about reading Revelation as well. So... I knew that Ephesians was my primary to read, so I I read Ephesians 3, and uh, this last section, Ephesians, well, well, it started with Ephesians 17 through 20, jumped out at me, but for today, we'll focus on Ephesians 3, 19, in the Amplified specifically. In the Amplified, it says, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And that, that that really jumped out to me because... It jumps all over me right now. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's fully flooded with God Himself. Because one, it's saying that you may really come to know the fullness of His love through experience. It's not that you just 
reading the Bible, I was like, wow, you know, he really loves us. No, we're supposed to be experiencing his love and knowing his love through experience. And then this last half talks about that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, becoming a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And floods aren't, Floods aren't exactly gentle, and they fill entirely. You will be flooded with God's presence. It's overwhelming. God himself. When you know that's, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I mean, there's several places in the Bible that talks about God in you. Mm -hmm. You know, Christ in you, your hope of glory. and, And God, you know, the life which I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Yeah. And, I mean, it just talks about, you know, Christ in you, God in yes. you, Christ in you. And it's it's something that we, we hear. We're like, oh, yeah, Jesus is inside of us. And I remember when I was little, I had a little picture of, like, down deep in my heart, Jesus was sitting there, like, sipping on a cup of tea next to a fireplace. And there was, like, this little room that he lived in inside of me. And that was how I pictured Jesus inside me. It was him in this little room, like, sipping tea, being like, oh, um, do that. Yep, that that's it. Good job. And that's how I pictured it. And that's not how it is. Well, yeah, and let me because you're getting ready to go how it is, right? Yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. let me so let me preface that just a little bit. You know, even when he was talking about when he was a little kid, you know, you had that kind of picture, yeah. you know, in you. But here's the deal. Most people, even when they grow up, they may not have the picture of, you know, of Jesus being in a little room sipping tea, but the picture of Jesus that they have in them most of the time, for most Christians, even word of faith Christians, is the the man in the robes that walked the, the sea, of sea of Galilee, you know, and and even then they're not seeing an accurate picture because they're seeing all these artists' portrayals of mm-hmm. this effeminate-looking uh, person in in bathrobes, you know, barefoot walking around, you know, and they're seeing. What Jesus was like here on earth, walking the earth. He doesn't look that way anymore. That's exactly right. So let's consider the Jesus that is in us. Yes. So we will turn to Revelation 1. Revelation 1.13. I'm liking it already. Yes. Revelation 1.13. Anytime you get in Revelation, you're going to be blessed. (laughs) It's right. That's exactly. That's what it says. Yeah. In Revelation 1.13, it's a vision that the Apostle John had of Jesus. A revelation. Yeah, yeah. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. That basically means he's wearing a golden breastplate, armor. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. And verse 17 there, in the message, it talks about Jesus... But not just putting his hand on John, but lifting him up. It's not he's, He doesn't leave you in the dirt. He doesn't leave you on the ground. He lifts you up, out. He's a loving God. So the God that looks like this, the God with hair, like in the Amplified, it says like a blizzard. The man 
who has a golden breastplate, whose feet look like fine bronze, fine brass burned in a furnace. This God of ours that made the universe, who looks like this, the God who looks so awe-inspiring enough to make the beloved Apostle John fall on his face to the ground. This God is one inside of us and empowering us. But two, he's not a harsh God. He's a loving God. He lifted John up. So just like he lifted John up, he's going to be lifting us up spiritually. If we're having a hard time physically, we're on the ground. Like I just had, I just had football. There were times where I was exhausted. I just had two a days and I was on the ground, like crawling because my legs were hurting so much. Well, this God is there to lift you up. You know, in the Old Testament, it says that he shall lift people out of the dunghill and put them in the palaces. Yeah. It's this, and it's one thing to think about, you know, the Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee in the robes, like sitting there with a, a, you know, a loving smile on his face being like, all right, let's go. It's another thing entirely to think about your God the one with breastplate of gold, two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. It's another thing entirely to think about this powerful God who's still just as loving as we've always thought of. Tender, holds you in his hand. But he's not a soft, mushy, pushover God. No. This description alone should convince you of that. He is powerful. He can and will handle business on your behalf and i'll get into that a little more in a second but this god just just picture this god with blizzard hair let's do a little more and it's just i can't i can't hardly stand it anymore let's go back and let's go back and get some more picture of him here um why don't you go to uh ezekiel i'm probably not going to do much reading today because i really like the amplified in a lot of these descriptions. Yeah. We're going to start off in Ezekiel chapter 1. That's in the Old Testament. Yeah. Ezekiel oh. chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Want me to start off in the Amplified or King James? Well, I'll, I'll read it in the King James, and then if it... If it really expounds on it in the Amplified, we'll go from there. And if not, for time's sake, we'll go ahead and go to the Mm -hmm. next one. Uh, And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of Fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness around about. He had he looks like a fire from his loins up and a fire from his loins down. Glory to God. And then over in uh, same same book, same uh, Ezekiel, but over in chapter eight, 
and verse 2. Then I beheld and lo a likeness as the appearance of fire. From the appearance of his loins even downward fire and from his loins even upward as the appearance of brightness as the color of amber. Bright, bright yellow fire. Glory to God. There's two witnesses right there of what he looks like in his appearance. But, even more than that, I want you to read Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 4 in the Amplified. Habakkuk 3, 4 says, And his brightness was like the sunlight. Rays streamed from his hand, and there in the sun-like splendor was the hiding place of his power. There's another translation that says lightning-like. Shafts of lightning out of his hands. Fire from the loins up. Fire from the loins down. And lightning-like shafts of splendor coming out of his hands. And he's in us! He is. He is in us! That, that, that's what the whole significance happened. When I was reading this, I got to Ephesians 3 and I had read through that. And then I read Revelation 1 where it describes God. And it hit me. like This presence of God that is flooding us and filling us is the God that we're reading about. This is what is inside of us. This is what our spirit man looks like to the devil. So when the devil comes up and tries to mess with you, he sees God in you. And not only that, but God's right there behind you supporting you. So he's, I remember uh, Papa talking about when uh, God made Adam. And every, every creature is looking, going, there's two of them. Yeah. That's what the devil looks, that's what the devil's doing when he sees us, when he tries to come up to us. Is he sees two of them. He's like, I can't handle one, but now there's two of them. And you know, it, 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 you were talking about, you know, fire and, and light. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about glory, mm-hmm. you know, glory. And now, I mean, I never really connected it before, but now it's, it's the, the scripture says Christ in us, our expectation of glory, because that fire and that light is in us. And it says he abides in us. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. When you walk up against a problem, next to a problem, next to a situation, next to a devil, next to anything, he walks up next to it. That fire walks up next to it. The lightning-like shafts of splendor. His hands are in your hands. When you lay hands on the sick, you have biblical right to expect lightning-like shafts of glory to flow through your hands into that person. No wonder it says, and they shall recover. And you know, there are lots of people who after being healed talk about feeling like electricity was running through them. Nikki. Yeah, Nikki. Even Nikki. Earlier yeah. this year, uh, Nikki had had broke her hand, being somewhat less than. Um, anyway, she was goofing around, <laughs> and broke her hand. I mean, X-rays. It was it was uh, it was bad, and uh, not 
just a few days after that, and we prayed over it, declared the word over it, and um, well, just a mini testimony. What happened was she broke her hand while Lynn and I were out of town, uh, actually two days before we got back in town, and didn't let us know about it until we were actually driving up to the house. I think I broke my hand the night before last. Oh, okay. And so we came in and we examined it and everything. Our background is in the medical profession, and we examined it. And sure enough, um, this this bone was broke, and this bone was broke, and this one was offset. You could you could feel the offset. So we prayed about it, and we, we prayed over it, and we laid hands on her, and we took her and uh, and and did X-rays. And by the time between the time that we laid hands and prayed and the time we got to the x-ray place, this bone, is it this bone? Yeah, this bone was completely healed. There was no fracture in it at all. This bone was completely realigned and in position, but you could still see a, a, a diagonal fracture across it. Well, like, I don't know, a couple days after that, our church... Uh, was having a, a guest speaker, guest minister in for a miracle and healing service. And uh, long story short, Nikki went up in the healing line, and this guy just held his hand out, had Nikki lay his hand, her hand on his, and then he, I believe, he put his other hand on on top of her. And the power of God went through her. She fell out, got up instantly, completely, completely manifested healing. I mean, she came home and started doing push clapping push-ups because she was doing working on cheer and cheer mm-hmm. routines and stuff like that. I mean, doing clapping push-ups, doing walkovers. I mean, it's completely, totally healed. And I, you know, I always like to find out and ask questions and stuff like that. So I asked her. I said, "Well, did you? Could you physically feel anything?" And that's exactly what she said. She said, "She said it felt like when you touch a light switch and you get shocked." But she said it wasn't on the surface. She said it was down deep inside where she could feel that, that pain from that break felt like electricity or mm-hmm. electrical energy, fire, brightness, yes. you know. So that's exactly, that's exactly tied in there. So this is it's really, really hard to explain and describe the significance of this. And... I believe God will be speaking through us and getting it across to you just how major and big and awesome this is. It's this, our God, the one who created the entire universe, the one who is fire from the waist up, the waist down, feet of bronze, blizzard white hair, whose voice is like rushing waters. This, our God, is just amazing. And He's inside of us. His presence fills and floods us. And He loves us. Absolutely. He's not a harsh God. He, He looks like He does, puts the beloved apostle on His face instantly. And He loves us. He is love. He has nothing but love for us. And the greatest thing about this is He's there for us. Like Like I was saying earlier, the devil will come up 
and he'll try to attack us. And this God that you read about and hear, the God from Revelation, Ezekiel, and Habakkuk, is inside of you and backing you up. He's got you. He is there with all of his power and splendor, and he's going to kick some butt. And he's, he's got you. If you realize, yes, that is a major thing. Who if you, you are. If you don't, if you don't realize the power that God has flowing through you and the power that God Himself has, it's not going to do. It's not. It's not going to do as much as it should. At no, least, because the just live by faith. Mm-hmm. So you have to have knowledge in order to have faith of who and what is inside you and what authority that you have. Otherwise, it does you no good because Satan can bluff you out of it. You know what? I would say, you know what, I just realized, but I'm, I'm not sure if it was me realizing it or God bringing it to me. Um, what we just described is God being loving but powerful and awe-inspiring and that's what Christians should aim to be. Exactly. It's like like yes, spiritually as well, but physically. We, we just did a podcast about excellence. We need to look just amazing. We need to, we need to look excellent and look different and better than the rest of the world. Powerful Yet loving. Yes, we need we to, need be, to be able powerful, to. But we can't let the power get to us. Because there are some people that once they get that power, they go wild with it. They, they just they let it control them instead of it, them controlling it. Well, that's what it goes to. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty mm-hmm. hand of God that He may exalt you yeah. in due time. Not that you're exalting yourself. Exactly. And you have to understand He's the vine. You're the branch. We're the branches. Yeah. Okay. He's king of kings and lord lords. of lords. We're kings. We're lords. We're priests. But only because of him. And only under his kingship, his lordship, his high priestness. Yes. Other than that, we can do nothing. And as long as you keep it in right perspective then you walk in the authority that he's given you and you walk in the power that he's given you, but you always remember he's He's given it to you. So there's no reason to, you know, there's no abuse of power Mm -hmm. because the only reason you have it is because of him. Mm -hmm. You know, and the power is to use on the devil and his his gang, not on people. We're love. We love. We use. Here's a good... We use our power to love people. I was thinking earlier when you were talking about that combination of strength and love. That's what a husband should be. Mm -hmm. That's what a godly husband should be. God placed him as the head of the household to walk in power and authority in order... To love his wife and children. And he should be the most powerful person 
that inspires love to his wife, but yet being able to express, express tenderness and love to her at the same time. That's actually a really great, it's a really great analogy. And if you could describe God in two words, it would be love and power. And well, we should all... Bible says he is love. Yes, he is love. And he's obviously powerful. And I think the major thing is people just need to realize... They need to realize who God is. And I feel like the people who really realize how awesome God is, the ones who realize just how powerful he is, usually have the idea that he's just up there waiting for them to do something wrong so he mm-hmm. can smite them. Right. And the people that understand how loving God is think of him almost as like a mushy pushover God. Exactly. And he's he's neither one of those. He's both of them. Yes. He's loving and he's his love is overwhelming. When you get a revelation of his love it's 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 too much to keep in and when you realize how awe-inspiring he is. That's overwhelming. And when you realize both of them together, it's, it's really hard to keep in. And I remember reading Ephesians three seventeen through 20, and then Revelation 1, 13 through 17. That, like, the moment I read that, I, I sat there staring at my Bible for what felt like, like 10 minutes, and it was probably just like 10 seconds. But I stared there, just sat there staring at my Bible. And I set it down on the table. And I just sat there staring for a little bit longer. And then I realized, I, I looked up to him and I was like, that's you. And like for a while, I was like, I, I, I got up, I started like walking around the room. I was like, oh man, that's, that's awesome. And I couldn't help but laugh. And I was just laughing and laughing. And I was smiling. I was like, how did I not see this before? This is amazing. And and when you really realize how loving God is and how powerful He is and that that's the power and love that's inside you empowering you to love on others and yeah. be a power in this world yeah. for the better, it changes how you look at the world and Absolutely. it changes how you act. And it changes how you look at yourself. It does. And it's just... Because you can't consider Jesus without getting more of a revelation of who you are in Him. Exactly. Because He's in you. Exactly. Glory to God. And we were we were talking about we were talking about how we as Christians need to influence the world mm-hmm. and it was, I think it was the excellence podcast we were talking about how we need to be the standard for the world they need to look at us and see they're special they're different and that's where this comes in is that we're filled with the presence we're flooded with the presence of God so they need to look at us and see we're something special we're 
a power and a force to be reckoned with. Christians should be running this world. Yeah, they should be the most successful financially, exactly. socially, physically, relationship-wise, families. They should be the exactly what he's saying. The example, the standard, the goal. People, the world should be looking at us and it's like, I have got to have what they have. And the power. The power is definitely going to catch their attention. They're going to see us and think, wow, there's something special about them and there's power. But, but yet, love. they, when they see the love that Christians have on top of that power, it's going to just... There's, you can't resist. You cannot resist love and power. Yeah. There Jesus, are people... I, I apologize, you, you go. Jesus said that the love of God will draw... All men. So it's exactly what you said. The power catches people's attention, but the love draws them in. Draws them in. And they're because most people think, even the world, even the world think if if someone's rich and they're successful, then you know you probably don't want to be like them because they're you know they're cheats, mean they're and, mean, yeah. they're you know they're deceptive, they're all that stuff. But bless God, you find somebody's got both. It's something special, and that, everybody knows it exactly. And that's what every born-again child of God is supposed to be. And you talk about excellence. God inside you, how much more excellence? Yeah. I mean, excellence is excellence, you know. So putting the cap, we've got to wind this up. Yeah. But putting the cap on this today, is there any closing comment you want to talk about considering Jesus? I can't. We can't, we can't overstress what he's just been stressing, the combination of power and love. I mean, consider Jesus. Consider what we've gone over, the fire from the loins up and from the loins down. Yet at the same time, he said, uh, suffer the little children, let them, let, let, let them to come. Let's, let's, let me bless them and, and hug them. And, and the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. Do you remember a convention? They were talking about how when they were, they were being raised... As they were growing up, they were always taught, you know, like, don't show emotion. Brother Jesse talked about that a lot. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. show emotion. Gotta be a man, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're men. Yeah. And a lot of people see love as an unnecessary emotion because it's just too mushy. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's it makes you too soft. Where love isn't an emotion it, at all. It's not love. It can produce an emotion. Love can produce an emotion. Love is a God, but love is power. Never fails. Love is the most powerful force on the planet. And even people that aren't Christians, even secular people, realize that love is amazing. There's a whole movie. There's a whole movie genre devoted to it. Mm -hmm. And usually, it's about mushy stuff, and it's not real love. But everybody realizes that there's something special about love. There's just something about it. And when you show people what true love is. That it is powerful. It doesn't make you mushy. It empowers you to become a better person and change people, things, situations, stronger the world. It's, it's the only just, thing I know of that the Bible. It, it talks. It says the love cannot mm-hmm. fail, and it stands for reason because God is love. love. Yeah, God can't fail. But the other part about that is love has been shed abroad in our hearts. Mm-hmm. If we yield to it, guess what? We cannot fail. This whole, this whole topic of 
love and the power of God is, is every single time I talk about it or think about it, it gets, I, I feel it inside me. I can feel it just stirring. And I, I just want to talk and talk and talk about it. And I realize that we have to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, we, we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. We've yeah, we have to wrap up off, so. again but for like the second time. I tell you what, let it do for you what he just talked about. Let it grow. Let it churn. Meditate. Consider Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. And let it grow in your heart. Glory to God. Be blessed today. Thanks for joining us. And remember that Jesus is Lord.